If any of you have a prayer concern that you would like for me to include in the pastoral prayer and also forward to the Tuesday morning prayer group, then if you would raise your hand at this time, someone will come and um, distribute a card. And if you would, print on there as legibly as, as you can. I've got just a few announcements. The first one is for the children and parents. Uh, today is Library Sunday. So all the children are invited to follow Miss Beth at the conclusion of the children's moments today. Please note that the church office will not be open tomorrow. It will be closed in observance of Veterans Day. Cindy and Katie both have an announcement to make, and while they're coming, uh, let me mention briefly two other things. It's time to order poinsettias for December 13th. The details and an order form are found in the bulletin, so I invite you to check uh, that out. The other announcement is about Consecration Sunday, which is coming up November 22nd. That's just two weeks from today. Um, we'll say a little bit more about that later in the service. Cindy, why don't you come and check? I just want to let you know that we are in need of volunteers for 2016 for this service. We need people who are willing to sign up for the service, and we need people who are willing to usher and greet and provide the um, refreshment. So if you are interested and willing, there is an online sign-up that Beth has sent out to everyone who has an email address with the church, and I have also put paper sign-ups at the back, and I can plug your name in if you just want to write it down right there instead of doing it online. Katie has the good news of the week. Good morning. I hope you can hear me share the good news. I apologize for my voice. We are thrilled to share with you today that the proceeds from our pumpkin patch this year totaled $3,040. So on behalf of Paige and the youth and the kids and I, we just thank you for supporting us in that project. We are excited that we can now implement Planning Center online, and we will be working to do that as soon as we can and we'll keep you posted on the progress of that. So thank you again for your support. That's great, thank you. Let's now worship God. Will you stand and sing?
As I am without one thing, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I Everything at your feet. 
would you turn and greet those around you and children can come forward for the children's sermon. morning. How is everybody? Good. How do you do? I want to talk to you this morning about a holiday that we're getting ready to celebrate. This week, we're going to celebrate something special. It isn't Thanksgiving, even though it is a day to give thanks. Y'all have some guesses. It isn't Independence Day even though it is to celebrate freedom. And it isn't Valentine's Day, even though it is a day we can think about love. The holiday we celebrate this week is called what? Yeah, Veterans Day. This holiday is celebrated in many countries around the world, and sometimes in different places, it's called different things. It might be called, in some countries, Armistice Day. Others may call it Remembrance Day. But no matter what you call it, it's a day we can honor the men and women who have served in the military. And we also honor those who have died for the cause of our freedom. It's a time for us to say thank you for the sacrifices that they have made. And it's a time for us to think about all of the freedoms we enjoyed because they were willing to serve our country for us. It's a time to think about love because they showed so much love for their country, and for their fellow man. So how do we celebrate it? Well, I brought one way with me. Hattie's holding that for me. What is that? The American flag. So we can put a flag up in our yard or at our house to show others that we're remembering and honoring those who have served our country. We could also spend time in prayer thanking God for all the people who have served for us and for our country. Or we could observe a moment of silence and during that time think about those who have died defending our freedom for us. Veterans Day is a holiday that we should take really seriously, but it doesn't mean that we have to be sad about it. It's actually a happy occasion, and it should be. We can be happy that because of the sacrifice of these men and women, we all get this great freedom that we have. And we can be happy that even though some people did lose their lives in battle, That's not the end of the story. Here's the rest of the story. Those who have put their trust in God will be raised to go and be with him. That is the promise from God's word. Listen to these words from the book of Job in the Bible. My flesh may be destroyed, yet from this body I will see God. I will see him for myself. And you know, that promise isn't just for soldiers, is it? No. All of us as well. It's for all of us who put our trust in God because Jesus said, Those who are considered worthy of taking part in the resurrection are like the angels. They can no longer die. They are God's children. We are God's children, and one day we'll see Him. And won't that be a wonderful day? Will y'all say this morning's prayer with me? Repeat after me, okay? Dear Father, We remember and honor those who have served to preserve and protect our freedom. We also celebrate the resurrection because all of us who have placed our faith in you will live again.
Let us again go to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this country in which we live and for the beauty of nature that is so evident at this time of year. As we recognize the wonder of your world, remind us that we are to be faithful stewards of this good earth. Lord, as we approach Veterans Day this week, we remember with gratitude the courage and the strength of those who have served their country in its time of need. And may any who mourn be comforted by your grace and by the assurance of your presence. We're thankful to you, O oh Lord, for this church, for its staff and every member and every participant. Help us to grow as followers of Christ. Show us how we can be your ambassadors during the week. By your spirit, lead us to love others through what we say and especially by what we do. We make this prayer in the name of Christ who taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For the scripture basis today, I want to turn to Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. This is the first letter, reading in uh, chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers loved by God, we know that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so, you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Some of you remember Arthur Ashe. He was a world-class tennis player. He was also a world-class father. He believed in leading by example. Ash came down with an incurable disease and died at an early age. In an interview shortly before his death, he spoke about the matter of setting an example. Let me quote what he said. 
My wife and I talk about this with our six-year-old daughter. Children are much more impressed by what they see you do than by what you say. If you have been preaching one thing all along, and all of a sudden you don't do it, they're going to bring it right up. I tell our daughter, it's not polite to eat with your elbows on the table. Then after dinner, I'm putting my elbows on the table. And she says, Daddy, your elbows are on the table. You have to be man enough or woman enough to say, you're right, and take your elbows down. In fact, that's an even stronger learning experience than her hearing it. It means that she did listen, she understands it, and she recognizes it when she sees it. So it takes actions rather than mere words to accomplish that. End of quote. Now we know that what Ash said is true, don't we? Actions always speak louder than words. I maintain that there is a need for us Christians to be examples, to be good examples. Several years ago, one of the most familiar faces on television was that of Dave Thomas. Thomas was the founder of the Wendy's hamburger chain. When Dave Thomas was 15 years old, he dropped out of school. He moved out on his own. He got a job in the restaurant business and eventually created the great success that we know as Wendy's. But in spite of that success, Thomas regretted that he had dropped out of school. He felt uncomfortable when people pointed to him as a successful dropout. So Thomas decided to get his high school diploma. In 1992, he hired a tutor and he began studying or the GED. It was hard work, Thomas said, but eventually he took the test and he passed it. And he received the diploma that he had long desired. Thomas didn't want to encourage young people to follow his example and drop out of school. So when other men his age were retiring, Thomas was going to school. He was a good example. For us in the church, I think the question is, what kind of example are we? What kind of Christian example? Are our actions consistent with the teachings of our faith? Are they consistent with what we say we believe? At annual conference a few years ago, Dr. Joe Hayward, who was then the um, annual conference lay leader, gave an annual report, and um, this was a report on lay ministry. And in his presentation, uh, Dr. Hayward gave an illustration that I thought was particularly funny and uh, applies to our theme for the day. So let me share it with you. It goes like this. As a man in his car approached an intersection, the light turned yellow. He did the right thing, stopping his car at the crosswalk, even though he could possibly have beaten the red light by accelerating onto the intersection. Well, there was a woman who was tailgating him. And she was furious when he stopped. For you see, she was counting on speeding on through the intersection right behind him. So she honked the horn 
and uh, screamed at him in frustration. And while she was still in the middle of her ranting and raving, she heard a tap on the driver's side uh, window, and she turned and saw the face of a serious-looking police officer. And he ordered her out of the car with her hands raised. And he proceeded to take her to the police station where she was searched, fingerprinted, photographed, placed in a holding cell. Well, after a couple of hours, a policeman went to the cell and told her she was being released. He escorted her back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with her personal effects. And the officer said, I'm very sorry for this mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn and cussing up a blue streak. And I noticed on the back of your car the follow me to Sunday school bumper sticker and the chrome-plated Christian fish symbol on the trunk. So naturally, I assumed you had stolen the car. Well, that story highlights rather dramatically the disconnect that can occur between our actions and the teachings of Jesus. In the scripture passage that I read from 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul was praising the Christians in Thessalonica for being a good example. A good example to all the people in that area, the area which would be present-day Greece. Now, before hearing the gospel, those Thessalonian Christians had worshipped idols. But now they were believers in Christ and followed his teaching. And they had made this change, according to Paul, in spite of social pressure, in spite of suffering. There was nothing phony about their witness. They were the real thing. The people who heard them, saw them, were moved by their words and deeds. Many years ago, there was a woman named Rose who lived in Albania. Rose and her husband routinely opened their home to the poor and the hungry who were in their small town. And whenever one of Rose's daughters asked who the new, visit, the new visitor at the dinner table was, Rose would answer that uh, he was a relative. So Rose's daughters grew up thinking they were part of a large extended family. Even when Rose's husband died and she was poorer, she still found a way to give food to the hungry and to help the destitute. One of Rose's daughters was particularly influenced by her mother, by her mother's example of sacrificial love. That daughter, named Agnes, grew up to become an advocate for the poor all over the world. She devoted her entire life to, care, to caring for those in need. And that young Agnes grew up to become Mother Teresa, one of the 20th century's greatest examples of Christ-like living. Examples matter. Mother Teresa became who she was in large part because of the example of her mother. And I think the same is often true of us. Aren't we followers of Christ, of Christ because of the influence of some significant people in our lives? Weren't there individuals who loved us into the kingdom? 
who set an example of Christ-like living? I believe that is how most people come to Christ. They encounter Christ in those who follow Christ. That's why Paul was praising the Thessalonian Christians. Now, a question that begs to be asked is, do people see Christ in us? Do our actions match our words? Let me share one other illustration. It's a story from one of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books that were published some years ago. It's told by a mother. She says it was a hectic day in her home. She was having trouble doing even the routine chores, all because of one of her sons. Lynn was a preschooler at the time, and he was on her heels that day, no matter where she went. Whenever she stopped to do something, turned around, she would trip over. Several times she suggested activities for Lynn to do to keep him occupied. For example, she asked, wouldn't you like to go outside and join uh, the others on the swing set? But Lynn simply smiled an innocent smile and said, oh, that's all right, Mommy. I'd rather be here with you. And then he just continued to happily bounce around behind her. Well, after stepping on his toes for about the fifth time, Lynn's mother began to lose her patience. And she asked him why he was acting that way. He looked up at her with his sweet green eyes, and he said, well, Mommy, my teacher told me to walk in the steps of Jesus, but I can't see Jesus, so I'm walking in yours. Somebody's walking in your steps, and somebody is watching you and watching me. What kind of examples are we? May we be good ones. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the faithful witness of all those who have gone before us. We're grateful for their influence in our lives. Help us, like them, to practice Christ-like living. In his name we pray. Amen. Let us now stand for the affirmation of faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creator, who has come in Jesus the word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus, crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life and death and life Thank you. you. May be seated. Kyle Davis is our consecration speaker today. He's going to come and share at this time. Good morning. Got to be honest that when Mary came to me and asked me to speak about consecration, <laughs> no. 
I don't have a natural gift of speaking about money, about tithing, about giving. Honestly, I don't like people telling me how I should give my money or my time. So I knew I should probably say yes. Still doesn't make sense. But I started this message several times, and each time ended up throwing it away because I lost myself in a labyrinth of words trying to make it flowery and sugar-coated. So I started this message. It's a lot cleaner. It's honest. It's real. I feel like it's much more me. So here it goes. There's a very real need to have a strong church presence in our community of Greer. So much so that I've heard rumors Grace Church is apparently going to be opening another satellite church here in Greer. This will be their eighth or ninth satellite campus. But we are right here already, poised to do amazing things through Christ for this community. Look at our pastor that we just got, his enthusiasm, his energy, our youth director, her passion for our youth, our children's director, her creativity and devotion for the children, our music programs for the children, for the adults. Look at our facilities. We have an amazing opportunity to do incredible things through Christ with what we already have. So I ask each of us, what is God calling you to give to support our pastor? What is God calling you to give to support our children? What is God calling you to give to support our youth? What is God calling you to give to support our adults? What is God calling you to give to support the vision and the mission of the United Methodist Church locally, nationally, and internationally? When each of us joined this church, and those who are visiting today, hopefully you will take this oath as well, we made a commitment to support this church with our prayers, with our presence, with our gifts, and with our service. Yes, we absolutely need money to keep our lights on, to maintain the buildings, and to ensure that our staff is fairly and adequately paid, but there's more to this church than money. So maybe you give as much money as God is calling you to give, or maybe not. Hopefully, you'll find this answer and give what he is calling you to give. Is there a specific ministry, though, that maybe you've been feeling called to support personally? Is there a committee that you'd like to be part of? Is there a Sunday school class you'd like to teach? Could you be a positive influence on some of our youth? Perhaps you don't enjoy being in the limelight. I'm not enjoying this so much. But maybe something behind the scenes is more your style. Do you know who put these chairs out that you're sitting in right now? Do you know who picked up our donuts or brewed our coffee? It wasn't the chair fairy and Dunkin' Donuts doesn't deliver. Guys, it takes all of us, each individually, to make this church work. It takes money to pay for all of what we see, but it takes willing spirits to set up 112 chairs, to set out the altar table, to put out the rug for the children to sit on, to put up the flags, to set out the soundboard, and to go get the donuts. It takes willing spirits to teach classes, we need volunteers. It's not enough to come and sit in our chairs and to write a check to support our church, though please keep doing that. We need action. We need support. Many of you know that I work a good bit with our youth program and with Paige. But did you know that if I have to miss on a Wednesday night because one of our kids is sick or I have a meeting at work, Paige doesn't have enough volunteers to do small groups with the girls section and the boys section. All we need is four consistent adults to make Wednesday nights work the way that Paige would like them to work. Two men and two women who consistently be there. And we don't have that. So it made me wonder if that's what's happening with the youth program, how many other programs are just barely making it by with just enough depth to comply with our safe sanctuary policy and to just get the job done. All of us sit in these chairs and we say words that these areas of the church are very important to support and to grow. But we have to care enough to be involved with these areas of our church, both financially and physically. 
So we are poised to make a tremendous impact on this community. So please take this week and pray about these things. Remember the commitment you made to this church to support it with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service. And again, pray about what God is calling you to give to support our pastor, our children, our youth, our adults, the vision and mission of the UMC locally, nationally, and internationally. Pray about it. And then follow through with the answer and give back to God what he's so graciously given to us. Thank you, Kyle. On November 22nd, there will be one combined worship service, and it will be held at 10 a.m. in the sanctuary. And following that service, there will be a celebration here in this space. In a few moments, the ushers are going to hand out reservation cards for the meal. We need to know how many people to prepare for that meal. If you filled out a card last week, then you do not need to do that again today. And I imagine many of you did that. If you have not filled out a card and are planning to come, or if you know for sure that you will not be present that day for the meal, in both cases, please take a card and fill it out. That way, no one will need to contact you to see whether you need to be counted for the meal. I'm going to ask the ushers if they'll come now. And uh, if you would raise your hand um, if you've not received a card, and they will distribute them. If you would fill them out and um, then place them in the offering plate in uh, just a couple of minutes. and offerings. Gold. 
together. Oh 
Blessings of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be yours. you that 